opportunity to do something for the Lord. And uh, sometimes it's best to sit back and just let it happen and, and enjoy it. Uh, it takes time and effort sometimes to get to that point. Uh, never look at somebody and just, just because they're doing something think you're not doing nothing. Uh, don't, ever, and don't ever get upset because they're doing something when you're not. Uh, if you stop and just realize how much time and effort it takes to get somebody. Adam playing that piano. Uh, I remember a day when he's I got pictures when he's a little bitty guy and he couldn't do nothing. Except cause trouble. Uh, and Jesse, same way, and all the rest of them. And Amy, I've never had a problem with Amy. Amy's always played the piano, so I don't know when she learned or when she didn't. Uh, but she's never, she's never not done that. But there was a day when we didn't have much of anything, and then it just took time and years, and then all of a sudden things start building up, and, and people start learning, and sometimes it just takes years to learn something. And then, then you get to become a value. Take your Bibles. Go to Matthew chapter 6. Maybe, maybe it's Mark chapter 6. It was Matthew. Matthew chapter 6. I was reading through my Bible. I get all confused sometimes because the more you read it, the more you find out they're just... Now I'm going to have to look at my thing. It's probably Mark chapter 6. I just come through Matthew and Mark. You say, don't you know? Yeah, well, my notes are right here, so I haven't got to my notes yet. Somebody that stole my notes, man. Maybe it's five. Hang on a second. I'll get there. Yeah, it's Mark chapter five. Hey, we'll get there. We'll be out of here sometime today. I'll start reading from Genesis. I'll eventually run across it again. Father, thank you for your blessings this morning. Thank you for the word of God. Uh, Lord, just thank you for the singing. Uh, Lord, there has never been a moment in time that you weren't uh, faithful, that you weren't perfect, that you weren't great. Uh, Lord, uh, any moment in time that we look at, uh, we could say you had a bad day. You've never had a bad day. Uh, Lord, every day was planned. Every day uh, you knew exactly what was going to happen. Every moment you knew what was going to happen all through eternity. And Lord, I just thank you that uh, we can count on you to take care of us and to know that Every, each and every one of us in this room today, that we have a life that we live and try to live before you, uh, Lord, that you've got your eye upon us and, and you know exactly what you're going to do. Uh, Lord, you, this book is an amazing book. It's laid out in such a way, Father, that uh, it gets deeper and deeper the more you read it. So I thank you for that. Just bless this morning, bless the service, and we'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, if, if you got into Mark chapter 5, we are in the right place this time. Uh, go to verse uh, 21, Mark 5, 21. I'm going to start here, but i got some other things to say, a few more things. But it says, And when Jesus was passed over again by the ship unto the other side, much people gathered unto him, and he was nigh unto the sea. And behold, there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet and besought him greatly, saying, Master, he goes, uh, saying, my, my little daughter lieth at the point of death. I pray thee, come and lay thy hand uh, upon uh, on her, that she may be healed, and she may she shall live. And Jesus went with him, and much people followed him, and thronged him. And a certain woman, which had an issue of blood twelve years, uh, and had suffered many things at, at of many physicians, had spent all that she had, and was nothing better, but rather grew worse. When she heard that of Jesus, uh, came in the press behind, and touched his garment. Uh, for she said, if I may touch uh, but his clothes, I shall be whole. Well, that's a, that's, a, that's a blessing there. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up, and, 
and, and she felt in her body uh, that she had been healed of the plague. And Jesus immediately knowing in himself that virtue uh, had gone out of him, turned, uh, turned him about in the press and said, Who touched my clothes? And, and his disciples said unto him, Thou seest the multitudes uh, thronging thee, and sayest thou who touched me? And he looked around about to see her that had uh, done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing uh, what was done in her, came and fell down before him. Second one that fell down before him. Uh, and, and, uh, fell down before him uh, before, and, and told him all the truth. And he said unto her, Daughter, uh, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. While he yet spake, there came from the rulers uh, of the synagogue's house certain which said, Thy daughter is dead. Why troubles thou the master any further? Father, again, thank you for your blessing. I do pray now that you'd bless this morning message, and we'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Jesus, man, I had to hand write this one out. I was, was working on it and working on it and working on it and working on it. Jesus, uh, he, he does everything. He does it right. He, he always does it right. You don't ever have to worry about it. As you're reading this passage, you would think that he stopped to get this lady and he let this little girl die. Uh, but you're going to come to find out in a few minutes that uh, he's not going to have a problem with that. Over uh, Just to make you feel better before we get to the end, uh, it says, And straightway the damsel rose. Well, in verse 41 it says, And he took the damsel by the hand and said unto her, uh, Talitha Kumai, which is being interpreted, Damsel, I say unto thee, arise. And straightway the damsel arose and walked, uh, for she was, uh, she was of the age of 12 years. And they were astonished with a great astonishment. And he charged them straightly that no man should know it and commanded that something should be given her to eat. Now, I was reading this passage. And I come across there and I said, well, wait a second, wait a second. I don't understand why. And that last little phrase there, he said, command him, give him something to eat. And I'm like, well, you never did that to the lady at the well, uh, that you just healed back there. You never said nothing to her. And I thought, well, maybe it's because she's dead and she needs something to eat. And I kept reading that thing and reading that thing and reading it. And then all of a sudden, I looked at a couple other things and some other preachers, and, and I started getting a bigger, little bit of be better view of what was going on here. Uh, this whole story is about the whole chapter. And Jesus has a really good day. There's nothing small to him, by the way. Uh, but to him, there's nothing great either. He can do whatever he wants to do, however he wants to do it. I like my Bible. You know why you need to believe the Bible's word of God and nothing else? Greek, Hebrew, throw all that other garbage out the window. You know why you need to do that? So you can just get to the place where you just trust him and not yourself. You know what will happen if you trust the Greek? You'll learn to trust yourself. I will make the choice on what I think should be done when I think it should be done. I think you're crazy. I think I'm just going to wait and let Jesus do it. You say, why would you do that? Go back to verse 1. Jesus comes up to the shoreline here. It says, and, they, and they, they came over onto the other side. So they were on one side, they went to the other side. Pretty basic, but you need to correct that with the Greek. He says, <laughs> into the country of the Gadarenes. And when he was come out of the ship, immediately there met him out of the tombs, a man with an unclean spirit, who had his dwelling among the tombs, and no man could bind him, no, not with chains, because that he had been often bound with fetters and chains, and the chains had been plucked, all, plucked asunder by him, and the feathers, uh, fetters broken in pieces. Neither could any man tame him. And always night and day he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying and cutting himself with stones. But when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshipped him, and cried with a loud voice, and said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou son of the Most High? Uh, God, I adjure thee by God that... Thou torment me not. 
For he said, come out of the man, that unclean spirit. And he asked, what is thy name? And he answered just like that, man. You know what? When Jesus says something, you just do what he says do. Uh, The devils do it. Why can't we? I have never figured out why we can't do it. He tells the devils all of do this, and they do it, man. I mean, they just shut up and they obey him because they know who he is. You know what our problem is? I, don't, I think some of us, we just don't know who he is. Uh, he goes, my name is Legions, for we are many. And he besought him much that he would not send them away out of the country. Now there was, uh, there were now under the mountain, a great herd of swine feeding. And the devils besought him, saying, send us into the swine that we may uh, enter the, and, and them. For, and forthwith, Jesus gave them leave. And the unclean spirits went into the, uh, out and entered into the swine, and the herd ran violently down the steep into, into the sea. i got a couple things I want to say about this. Uh, Jesus shows us the condition of the world right here. You're talking about an up-to-date book. As I was reading this thing, I, I'm like, something is weird about this. Something's just weird. And that last little phrase there, give her something to eat, just caught my mind, and I couldn't let go of it. And I started digging some more. Uh, right here, here's when Jesus comes across the other side, he comes and looks at him. And you know what the first thing he does? Meet a maniac. Have you ever met a maniac? You know, this world is full of maniacs. This place is crazy. I mean, Jesus walks in, and here's this guy. But the key to this thing was he came to Jesus immediately. This world, if they could ever see Jesus Christ, they will go to him immediately. But they need to see him. You know how they saw Jesus? He looked at Jesus. I heard Dr. Peacock preach on this, and he, he would say that the, 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 as they were out, because the chapter before this, they're out in the middle of the ocean out there and the, the lake, and it's all tossed and turned, and he sees the turbulence of the water, and he sees the calming of the sea, and that maniac's up on the side of the mountain, and as soon as that boat hits the side, he goes, I got to go meet that guy. Whatever it was that got that maniac to go see Jesus Christ, I don't really care. I just know he came to Jesus. He came as he was. Man, I tell you what, you go... I was in, I told him last, I don't know, Wednesday night or, yeah, it had to be Wednesday night, but I went into, maybe it was last Sunday, I don't know. I went into the DMV down in, in Cincinnati, and this girl comes in with all different color hair, and the, the form says brown, blonde, or, or red, or whatever. And the mom looks at him and says, what do I put? The lady just looked at her and said, put brown. I'm like, it's not I said, what is this? What is this world going to? You tattoos all over the place. I, if you got tattoos, I'm not mad. I'm not upset. I'm just telling you, that's the world we live in. Jesus comes across and he walks up and here's this maniac comes to him. And in this passage of scripture right here, I want you to keep in mind that Jesus has given you an impression of the world you live in right now. You, you live in a crazy world. Uh, this maniac came with a need. You know that? He came, he had a problem and he couldn't solve it. So many people today have problems in this world. They just cannot solve them, no matter what they try. They try everything in the whole wide world. They just can't solve it. Uh, he had an unclean spirit, number one. He had a, a legion inside of him. You know, some of us, I think, sometimes got unclean spirits, man. I think sometimes you need to cast the devil out of yourself. Don't, don't trust somebody else to cast it out. You know if he's in there or not. You need to get him out. Uh, you know that he will bug you your whole life? He'll, he'll find something in your life that he can just tweak and tweak and tweak and tweak, and he'll stay tweaking that thing. He'll never let it go. Uh, sometimes, that this, but this man had a real unclean spirit. He had, he had a legion, 2,000 of them. They were unmanageable. His life was totally unmanageable. It, it had got him to a point where he was out in the tombs crying and doing all this other stuff. He was stuck out there somewhere. He could not even be a nor, a, alone with normal people because his life was just such unmanageable. It was uncontrollable. He had fits of rage. They put chains on him and, and all kinds of fetters and everything, and he had snapped them things. 
I guess if you get 2,000 devils in, you can do a lot of stuff. Not nothing good. He's, he would he mutilate himself. I can't even tell you how many times I've heard people say that people cut themselves and do all kinds of stuff. They do that for a reason. Why? If they're trying to get over something or, or, or justify something or, or solve a problem in their life, you'll never solve it. You'll never solve it. Night and day, he was in a place of death, a tomb. This world is nothing but just a big tomb is all it is. I mean, this thing is a messed up place. It's just a, it's just a world full of people that are dying, and outside of Jesus Christ, there is no life. We can have all the stuff and all the riches, all the wealth, and, and, and we can. it's like a, a drug that just satisfies us for a little while. But one of these days, we're all going to take that last breath. And when we do, the real thing is going to be in front of us, and it's heaven, and it's the Lord Jesus Christ, and we're going to have to give an account of ourselves. But this man was in a place of death, crying all day long, no peace, nothing, never. I can't even imagine not the peace of God that passes all understanding. I talk to people, and I look at them, and I can't even fathom where they're at sometimes. I'm like, Lord, I was never there. I was, I was, and even in my day when I was messed up, I wasn't like that. I said, I always, I can, from a kid, I always thought about God. I, my mind was always there. I can't even imagine it never being there, Lord. Here's a man crying, cutting himself, trying to solve his problem. But when he saw Jesus, man, that just changed. That made his day. I mean, that man never was the same. He come down to see Jesus. And the Bible sits there and says, he says, for, for verse 8, he says, for he said, actually verse 7, the, the devils are crying, he says, and cried with a loud voice and said, what have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou son of the most high? He said, God, he said, uh, high God, I adjure thee by God, thou torment me not. Just the presence of Jesus bothered him. And then verse 8 says, for he had said, Jesus done looked at him and said, get out of him. You don't belong in him. He's not yours. I want you out of him. I want you out of him now. You know, the devil started bargaining. You ever bargained with Christ? If the devils could do it, why don't you do it? Have you ever thought about just saying, Lord, I want to do, I want to do something for you. I don't know quite what it is, but I want to do something. What can I do? Have you ever bargained? I look through the Bible, and I'm like, man, if they can bargain and get what they want, why can't I bargain and get what I want? And then sometimes you got to look and say, wait a minute, what exactly do I want? That'll get you in trouble sometimes. They bargained to be sent away for a while, not, not permanently, but for a while. And then they went into the pigs. I put a little note here. I said, even the pigs aren't safe from the chaos in this world. I mean, they, they, innocent pigs, man, they didn't have nothing to do with anything. Just a whole herd of them, 2,000 of them. They were minding their own business. Now, a bunch of pigs stink. I tell you, they stink a lot. And they probably did need a bath, but not like that. I mean... What did they do wrong that a thousand devils, two thousand devils enclosed around them and, 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 and dwelled them, and next thing you know, they're all dead pigs? Men, men of the place. Then it gets into the men of the place. They came down, and here's a man that was tormented, and they, they personally tied him up and did everything they could to get him tied up so that they could hold him, and, and they couldn't do it. In this world, the, the governments of this world and everybody in this world are trying to do everything in the whole wide world to solve all the problems of the world, and they can't. You know what they do a lot of times? They'll stick you out in a tomb somewhere just to get rid of you. They don't want you anymore. They, the pro, they cannot solve the problem, so they hide him. You know who solves the problem? I'll tell you who solves it. Jesus does. But you get down in that place that says, uh, verse 14, it goes, and they that fed the swine. This is just lead up to what I want to say. They fed the swine and told it in the city and the, and the country. And they went out to see 
of what it was that was done. And when they come to Jesus and see him that was possessed with the devil that, and had the legion sitting and clothed and in his right mind, they were afraid. You know, you would think at that point right there, they'd be like tickled pink. Praise God. Hallelujah. I got a grandmother like that. Can you come and take care of her too? No. Hey, I got a bunch of sick that we want to. No. You know what they did? They said, we need to get you out of here. You're starting to mess with some of our stuff and we don't want you around. And they run him off. Go down to verse 21. Jesus goes back to the other side. I want to get into the. Did I read everything? Yeah, they asked him to leave. And, that, and that's, as you read the Maniac of Gadara, that's pretty much the way the world is today. The world is in a place where it's, it's, it's just, it makes very little sense when you look at it. Uh, everybody strives to get through the thing, but it makes very little sense. Then you get down to the ruler here, and it, it says, And when Jesus was passed over again uh, by ship unto the other side, much people gathered unto him, and he was nigh unto the sea. And behold, there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name, and when he saw him, he fell down at his feet. The ruler came because of his, his daughter, man. He fell down at Jesus' feet, first of all. That's the first thing you should do. Whenever you go, Lord, you don't necessarily ask, need to ask what you need first. What you need to do is get into a season of prayer. Just sit down and thank God, man, for being the Lord. Get down and let him see your hurt and your pain, whatever it is. But, but talk to him for just a second. You know what the man did? He fell down at his feet. That got Christ's attention. He greatly petitions Jesus for his little daughter. Now, unless you've had kids, that's kind of hard to understand. Because sometimes it's going to be rough. I was going through Sunday school class talking about Abraham and Isaac. And sometimes it's hard. It is hard to see your child suffer. But you got to get that thing down to where you just trust God. I did that with Esther. I mean, I really did. But the Lord had worked me through that place. I mean, I don't mean to sound hard or cruel or anything else. But I'm looking at her, and they're telling me she's going to die, or she's not going to have, got to have a liver transplant. I'm like, God, I don't, and Lord, I don't know about that. I think doctors are great, man. I think they're the greatest things in the whole wide world. We're going to get in that lady here in a few minutes. And I think you should never negate a doctor, but you should put the Lord in that thing first. And when God gives you peace, then go see a doctor. There are some wacko nuts out there. They're crazy. Greatly, great petitions for his little girl. You would think Jesus said, okay, and then he does say that. Ask Jesus to come and heal her, and Jesus goes. And you think he's right on his way. Then you come to verse 25. And here's a lady that just appears out of nowhere. He's talking to a ruler of the Jews. You're, you're talking about the nation of Israel. You're seeing the condition of the world through the, the gathering, the maniac. Then you see the Jews sitting there, the nation of Israel sitting there uh, as a picture of, of this, this uh, daughter and the Jairus, the ruler of the Jews. And then this lady says, and a certain woman which had an issue of blood, 12 years. What got me, two things got me about this lady is, number one, she has had her issue the same amount of time as that little girl's lived. Both of them are 12 years. They're side by side, 12 years. And I'm sitting there going, 12 is the number of the nation. Of Jacob had 12 kids. That's the nation of Israel. So both of them are there. I got that one. But when I sat there and looked at this lady, I said, man, I said, out of the middle, here's the Jews. You're dealing with the Jew first. And then all of a sudden you stop. And here comes this woman. And says, which had initial blood 12 years and had suffered many things of many physicians. You know, a doctor can only do so much. My brother's got a lot of issues, and he's caused most of his issues his whole life. But, I mean, he has some serious issues that will never be resolved in his life. 
there's, they, there's just no surgeries that they could do anymore. There's nothing they could possibly do uh, to ease the pain. Drugs is about the only thing. They told him one time, uh, sit in a lazy, get your good lazy boy next to a fireplace and sit right there. Uh, that's all you can do. Don't move. If you move, you put something out, you're going to be in pain for days and days and weeks. And yet he'll go out and keep doing the stuff, but he, there's some things doctors just can't do. Uh, but you still need to go to doctors. Doctors aren't, aren't all dumb, and they're, they're pretty sharp. They got a lot of education. They can do it. This lady was sick for 12 years. She's unclean. It's chronic. The Bible says right there, it's chronic. Her problem cannot be resolved by these doctors. Many physicians had spent all that she had and was none the better but grew worse daily. I mean, constantly for 12 years, you just see yourself going down and down and down and down and down and no hope. And, but you just keep on going. You just keep doing it. She's lost in the crowd. She hears Jesus is coming. And she makes a decision. She says, I'm going to go jump. I'm going to jump in that crowd. But she's lost in this thing. She's just in the crowd of people all over there. And her touch, she said, if I could just touch his garments. Now, brother, you've got to stop for just about a second and think about the faith that that took from that lady. There was no guarantee that touching that garment would solve her problem. There was no place written anywhere that said, touch my garment. He didn't have not stamped all over his clothes, touch my garment here and you'll get healed. None of that stuff was there. But this lady knew in her heart that if I could just get close enough to him and touch him, touch that garment, I'll get healed. Her touch was a had a purposeful intent. She knew what she was going to do. I want that thing. I want it. I want it. You know, a lot of us, I, I'm going to ask you a question. Do you actually intend to do something with the Lord? Do you personally, I mean, without the Lord even being interjected into the picture, he's not in the picture with her yet. Without even being interjected there, do you want to do something for the Lord? This lady did. And she just kind of appears out of nowhere. Nowhere. Her touch was planned beforehand. She knew exactly. She said, man, I'm going to crawl through this crowd. I can't stand up. I got this issue of blood. I'm unclean. If anybody sees me, they're going to kick me out. I'm not supposed to be around anybody else. Anybody that touches me, they become unclean. So I've got to go incognito. I've got to get in there, stealth, to where Jesus... Could you imagine? Here's all these people standing up. I tell a story from time to time about Jesse. It just popped in my head, so I'm going to tell it again. Uh, we was over at, at uh, Brother Siler's church, and they had some kind of mission conference. And Beth entrusted me with Jesse. Hey, I'm a, I'm a dad, man. I can do this. I can do this. I can handle this problem. And Jesse's like this big at the time. And I said, I got it, man. I said, Beth, come on. I'm, I'm, I'm your husband, man. I, I feed you, give you money, everything else. I said, I take care of you. You can trust me. So Jesse's like right there on my, on my back of my leg. And this crowd is huge, man. I mean, tall people everywhere. Jesse's little. And I turn around and she's gone. I'm thinking, oh, God, Bethy's going to kill me. <laughs> and then I start going through the crowd trying to find her. And I can't find her nowhere, man. I'm looking everywhere. I'm sweating bullets, man. I'm like, oh, God, it's over, it's over, it's over. It's over, it's over. Beth's going to kill me. Jessie's lost. She's going to be gone forever. <laughs> and I turn around real quick. She's right there. That little girl, man, was looking at the back of my leg, and she stayed on the back of my leg no matter where I went, man. That's where she was at. You remember that? She was there, man, the whole time. I do this, and she was quick, man. Don't you ever think she ain't quick? I couldn't move fast enough to get around to see, and I don't know how in the world I did this, and she was there. But I turned, and I said, whoa, man, praise God. I'm like, I'm safe now. <laughs> Beth, Beth heard about that. She's never let me be alone with the kids again. 
But her touch was purposeful. She had a purpose. She had a plan beforehand. It was performed. Could you imagine that lady crawling through that crowd trying to get to Jesus and, and seeing all the people up there, not being able to see over anybody's head and never seeing anything, but yet getting right. You know what that was? The Lord got right there where she was at. He knew exactly where that girl was going to be. Was performed without delay. She didn't waste the opportunity. Brother, sometimes in our life we get an opportunity to do something. There's going to be a day when we get out of here, you're not going to have an opportunity anymore to do anything for Jesus. It's going to be gone. I have an opportunity right now to do something for Jesus. I better avail to that opportunity or else I'm going to lose some things. She was rewarded with a promising future. She touched him and she knew she was healed immediately. That was the craziest thing in the whole wide world. Say, what are you trying to get at? Her reward. This isn't even what I'm trying to get at. She received the healing, number one. Twelve years. She spent every dime she could. Uh, you know, I've known a lot of people that spent a lot of money uh, to get healed and never got healed. I know a lot of people spent a lot of money and, and did get healed. I know some other people that didn't spend much of anything and got healed. Healing is one of the strangest things when it comes to doctors can only try to help you. That's why they're always practicing medicine. And you're, you're the dummy. You're the crash dummy. You're the one who they're going to practice on. And if it's an easy problem, they may fix it. But we are so complex that what happens to one person, I saw one of the young ladies out there who had, a few minutes ago, who had COVID and said it really messed her up bad. I don't know if I ever messed up. My wife, I think, had it, and she can't taste and still can't taste right. Uh, I can taste just about anything. I mean, I, I never remember anywhere where I, I was missing anything, a sniffle here or something else. Uh, maybe I'm immune to it. I have no idea. Or maybe it just came through and passed through me. Each one of us are totally different. And it'll affect, something will affect one person totally different than it affects somebody else. And a doctor can't ever, just because somebody else has something, diagnose that same thing in your life. It may be something totally different. She received healing. She received virtue. It said virtue went through Jesus to her. And she got something that nobody else got. Then she just disappears. She is, you go to the other gospels, there's, and, and Mark and, and Luke, it's mentioned, she, the story's mentioned. This lady goes away and you don't hear no more about her. Then you would think, here's J.R.S. You stopped. My daughter's dying. And you stopped. And he probably never even did that. But you know, to Jesus, it doesn't matter. He's never late, by the way. He's always right on time. He knows exactly what he's doing, when he's doing it. He knew it before the foundation of the world. I mean, he knows. Brother, if you want somebody to trust, I'm telling you, that's the one to trust. If you trust man, I was sitting here. <laughs> this is a perfect illustration. I hate these things. I'm going to tell you why I hate them even more. I'm sitting here a little while ago and my phone goes off. And I'm looking at the phone and it's Paul. And Paul's right in the back room calling me. I'm like, he's looking at me. I'm going to use you as an illustration. He's calling me. And I'm like, what would that person call me for? In church. First of all, I look at him and I thought, he's, he stayed home again today. I said, that, that no load is at home sitting there watching on TV and he wants to see my reaction when the phone goes off. That's what I was thinking. And then I look in the back, and he's standing right there. I'm like, what is he doing back here? He called me. So I go back here, and he goes, he goes, you see that young man right there? And he points to Andrew. He goes, he said somebody's supposed to take him out to lunch and never did. 
I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm like, who made you the Holy Spirit? That's what I'm thinking. I never told him that. <laughs> so I told Andrew, I said, I went up to Andrew later. I said, hey, Andrew. I said, did, uh, did, did he prod you? Did you go up and tell him about that? And he goes, no, I didn't tell him about nothing. I said, it's good, it's good. I said, I'll take you back out to dinner. I promise one of these days. I did promise. I should have done it already, but I didn't. But, but I said, look, the next time one of them old guys come up to you and say anything, just deny it. Plausible deniability. Just don't even know it, man. Just deny it. You know, this lady just disappears. Sometimes in our lives, things happen all over the place. And, and you sit there and say, well, why, why would I don't know why I gave that illustration. It was a good one, though. I'll figure it out in a few minutes. She received virtue from Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, man. She got something that, that virtue is usually a characteristic thing. But, but it goes through. I listened to three preachers who preached on this, different people from different groups, and they all said the exact same thing. I'm like, even Dr. Rowan said the same thing. This lady, this lady just disappears out of life and goes away completely. Oh, and then Jairus. Jairus comes up, and, and he's like, my daughter is sick, and she's dying, and Jesus just stops. The daughter of Jairus, 12 years old and sick, lived, last I mentioned a few minutes ago, lived just as long as a healthy young girl as this lady did sick. They both lived 12 years. This one dies. The other one gets healed. The other one disappears off the face of the planet. You don't know what happened to her anymore. And the father approaches Jesus, and Jesus went. While Jesus was working with the, the woman that had the issue of blood, the little girl died. Now, brother, sometimes discouragement comes. It just does. And I wish I, wish I could heal like Jesus Christ healed. I wish there was somebody who could do that. Nobody can do that. That's, that's the Lord's thing, and only he can do that. And I've watched him do some of the craziest things, just like Esther. I watched them tell me one thing, and they said, you got two options here. It's going to happen one way or the other. And... It didn't happen either way. And all I did was wait on God. I didn't know what to do. I mean, it wasn't like I'm some spiritual giant. I just didn't have a clue what to do. And the only thing at that point is to do nothing. I hear Beth say every now and then, if you don't know what to do, don't do anything. I just said, okay, Lord, it's yours. I'm done. I said, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm just done. I, I don't know what to do here, and I don't know how to make her any better, and I can't do it, and the doctors apparently don't know what to do, and they're all talking about this other stuff, and, and none of that makes sense to me. I said, but you make sense to me. I'm just going to dump it off into your lap. And you know what it did? He worked the thing out. Discouragement comes, but that never stops Jesus. This guy comes up and says, Master, don't, don't bother the master anymore because your daughter's dead. Discouragement never stops him. Death is no obstacle to him, by the way. Have you ever thought that the moment you die, absent from the body, present with the Lord, you're immediately with God in heaven? You would never want to come back to this place anyways. Absent from the body, present with the Lord. There, death is not the end. That is just the start of a new life. I'm telling you what, I, I, there's a lot of ways I don't want to go. Real quick would be nice, uh, but the Lord has his own way of doing it. I don't know what, what the Lord has planned for us. I mean, the rapture could be right. I said, that guy the other day, I said, I said, so you don't believe in the Trinity? He said, no. I said, I bet you don't believe in the rapture either. And he goes, well, that's your, now that's your mission. No, I don't. I said, you know what your problem is? You don't believe the Bible. I said, if you'd read the Bible, what you do is you start finding some things in here that is really, really great. Death is no obstacle to Jesus. The destination, you know, the destination never changed for Jesus. He was still headed to Jairus' house. 
He did not care whether you said he was, she was dead or not. It didn't matter to him. He says, only believe, just believe. He said, it'll be cool, it'll be cool. Just follow me. Come and follow me. I like him, he said, one of the disciples come and said, Sir, Lord, let me go bury my father. He said, I'll let the dead bury the dead. Come and follow me. You know what the best thing you could ever do is follow Jesus? Wherever he goes, just stay, stick right behind him. Like Jesse did behind me, just stick right next to him. And guess what? He won't be worrying about losing you. He'll know right where you're at. I was worried about losing her only because I, well, I was worried a couple things. I was worried about her. Uh, but then uh, they would have brought her back. I mean, after a little while with Jesse, man, she's, she's like going to get you. <laughs> she will wear you out. I mean, she is. Nah, well, that's, I'll get you back preaching. <laughs> Destination of Jesus never changed, and his timing is always right. His response to the world, you go down to uh, verse 38. And he cometh to the house, back in uh, Mark 5, 38, he says, And he cometh to the house of the ruler of the synagogue, and seeth the tumult, and them that weep and wail greatly, wept and, and wailed greatly. And when he was come in, saith unto them, Why do you make a, a do and weeping? You know what a do means? A do is a strange word. It's like a fuss over nothing. Jesus is looking at him and says, What in the world are y'all fussing about? Well, the little girl's dead. Oh, don't you, don't you even care? Do you not know whose presence you're in? You know, the master, the ruler, fell down at Jesus' feet. You know what this lady did, the lady that had the issue of blood? She fell down at Jesus' feet. Now here's a young lady that can't do anything, but these other people, they didn't feel that. They started mocking him. He said, why do you make such an ado? The damsel is not dead, but sleepeth. Well, I tell you what, you, you know what a comforting thought was? I bet you that... That ruler of the Jews right about that time, that Jairus was probably thinking, what in the world is he going to do? Because you don't hear him say much of anything. He's just sitting there looking. Unable to change Jesus, the response of the world is they're unable to change the impossible. Once somebody's dead, I hear people say, well, they had a near-death experience. No, they didn't. They weren't dead. People that are dead are dead. You're not, you're not mostly dead. You're dead. If you come back, you're only mostly dead. You do come back. You cannot be dead. There has to be some spark left somewhere in your body for that thing to get lit back up. They cannot bring a dead person back to life that is dead. You're gone, absent from the body, present with the Lord. You're toast. You're out of here. You say, you're awful cruel. No, that's what dead is. This girl was dead. There's only one person that could bring a dead person back, and that is Jesus Christ. There is nobody else. The response for the Lord says, get him out of my way. I'll tell you what, I mentioned that in Sunday school class. You know what irritates me more than anything else is to bring a problem up and everybody comes up with reasons why you can't do something. We want to put a building on the back. Don't come up with me reasons why we can't. Come up with reasons why we can. And then when we find out we can't because of money or whatever, then let that be the hindrance. But don't let us be the hindrance. We, I, I, over in the Bible says you, oh man, let me see if I can find that verse real quick. Uh, I think it's Isaiah 66 or 64 or something like that. It's a great verse, great passage. I read it over so many times I kind of forget where I read it. Because he, he talks about you hinder the most high. Well, I can't find it right now, but we hinder him. Can God do what he wants to do? Yeah, he can. Can he bring somebody back from the dead? Yeah, he brings Lazarus back after four days. He said, our, our brother sleepeth. Well, he's been dead for four days. He stinks. Well, yeah, that too, but he, he can have a bath. Man, we'll get him smelled up good. But he won't stink when I get done with him. 
And he says, Lazarus, come forth. And immediately Lazarus comes out of that tomb. Brethren, we got a Lord that can do whatever he wants. Now I said all that to say this. I want to get to the last page. I'm on the last page. It's more and more difficult today to get saved people to remember a couple things. The earth is not your home. That lady who got healed is a picture of the church. Right in the middle of dealing with the Jew, Jairus, he shows you what the world condition is like with the maniac of Gadara and the world. All they care about is money. Their money. All they cared about, those people came out there. They did not care one thing about the spiritual condition of that man, how he was before and how he is now, and what great things God had done for him. But you know what, what they did? They sit there and said, oh, you messing with my money. Get out of here. That's all they cared about. And that guy was sitting there and said, Lord, can I go with you? I like the way that guy, the Lord said right there, he goes, how be it Jesus suffered him, talking about the maniac. He said he wanted to go with him. Uh, verse 18, he goes, and when he was coming to the ship, he, had, uh, he that had been possessed with the devil prayed him that he might be with him. Howbeit Jesus suffered him not, uh, but, but said unto him, go home to thy friends and tell them how great things the Lord had done for you. In this world, you know what you could do? You can still win souls. In this world, it's still an opportunity to reach out and touch people. In this world right now, we still have an opportunity to get the gospel out to some people that need to hear it. You know what this lady did? She got the Holy Spirit in her. And all of a sudden, she disappears one day. And you say, what happened to her? I think she got raptured. She just disappeared into the background like she was. It's a, it's a Jewish book. I mean, it's a New Testament. She just disappeared. But in type, she disappeared out of this planet. And then the Lord goes right back to the Jew. You know what's an interesting thing about this? Brother Joe preached a message not too long ago about the bones over in Ezekiel. And this little girl's dead. And in the, in the future, the Lord likens the dead bones to the nation of Israel coming back to life. And when this girl comes back to life, what got me about this passage more than anything else was right there. It says, and commanded that something should be given her to eat. You know what them Jews get in the millennium? This planet. And they get to eat. And they eat and they eat and they eat and they eat and they eat. And they have vineyards and eat and drink and eat and drink and eat and drink. And they're sitting over in Jerusalem for a thousand years, over in Israel for a thousand years, having a great time eating and drinking. This is their place. You know what happens to us? We get out of here. And we go somewhere else and never heard of again. Well, they're going to hear us later on, but it's all going to be a spiritual thing. We get to go up to heaven and eat. This world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. This little Jewish girl, man, gets her life back. And one day that's going to happen to them out there. Lord says, you know what he says? He said, don't worry about it, man. He said, I got it. He said, just trust me. Follow me. Follow me and I'll make you a fisher of men. You know what we need to get back to church? This is what we need to get back to. Souls. We need to get back to not taking care of having a relationship, fellowship with Jesus Christ. But doing what Jesus did. You know what he did? He went to the maniac of Gadara. The man had a problem. He went to the lady who had an issue of blood. She had a problem. Jairus' daughter was dead. She had a problem. You know what he did? He solved all three. And in the process of that, he said, look at the storyline. He goes, the world can be a mess anytime you see it. It doesn't matter. My number one concern is the Jewish nation, but I love the church. And that lady had an issue, and I took care of her issue. You got an issue today? I'll tell you somebody who can take care of that thing. Jesus Christ can. You say, well, do I have to wait 12 years? You might. You might have to wait your whole life. You may never get that thing solved on this side of glory. We had a, I had a, a 
Uh, I was up the other day at the mechanic's office. I was shop up here talking to Tim and had to go over and get my truck. Other truck had some painting work done on it. And when I walked in, there was a, uh, one of the other guys named Chris, and Chris knew Bobby. And Chris said, he goes, I, did, I mean, he's almost very right, ready to start crying. He goes, I didn't know Bobby died. I said, yeah. And he goes, that's such a sad thing. I said, yeah, it was. I said, but his mom's been in church ever since. <laughs> I said, you can say whatever you want. I said, but there's a lady sitting right there in church. And you say, well, that's a bad thing. Yeah, it's a bad thing. Well, Bobby's not having a real bad time right about now. I seriously doubt I think he's having a really, really good time, and he's probably not even thinking about us, knowing him. I mean, I don't know if I would think about you either if I was there. Uh, really, when you think about it, all the stuff that could, you could possibly do and be there, and do, I don't have no idea what he's doing. But I know there's a lady sitting right back here right now, and God had to allow something to happen to somebody to get somebody else in. You know, sometimes life is, you might be like that lady with the issue of blood for 12 years. I don't know. And then God could resolve your problem. He, he took care of a couple of mine real quick, and I've had some that just last forever. And I'm sitting there going, Lord, why do you do that? He goes, well, you still need to have a thorn in your every now and then so I can push it in. And you still need to have some issues every now and then so I can deal with you so you'll get with me on the thing. But one of these days, you're going to be gone, and I'm going to go back to them. Brother, you know what we need to do as a church? We have limited time. We don't have a lot of time left. And uh, Brother Adam Clinton said, what do you think about, about a generation being 100 years? If it's 100 years, man, we're going to be here for like forever. I said, no, I'm 65. I won't be here for like forever. I said, somewhere in the next 15, 20 years, I'm out of here. See you later. Bye. If I don't get to say goodbye to you before then, see you. But you know what? You don't have to worry about it. The Lord's always on time. He'll come and get us when he's supposed to come get us, and we'll be out of here. Are you worried today? Don't. You know what the story here line from the maniac of Gadara all the way to that little girl getting the last meal, getting a supper? is that the Lord has the thing in control. And he knows exactly what he's going to do, when he's going to do it. And you don't have to worry about it. But that lady disappeared. You know what that's a blessing for us? One of these days, we're gone, brother. We're gone. And we will get cured, and it'll be by the blood. And the blood will be taken care of, and the right blood will be given in. And the Spirit, if you're in here today and you're lost... You didn't get the virtue of Jesus Christ coming to you? Man, I got saved one day, and he set something inside of me that has... You know that little girl didn't get that? The old lady got it. I'm sitting there going, Lord, what a thing, man. I said, what a thing. I said, I get to go to heaven. I said, sure, and, and fixed. One day, I'll be gone to heaven. If you're in here today and you don't know Jesus Christ, today would be a great day to get saved. Father, thank you for your blessing. Lord, thank you for his storyline. Thank you for that maniac you get there. He went back and told his people gladly, Lord. He, he wanted to be with you at that time, but you sent him back to his people. And he went and told them what great things he had done. Lord, we have some time left before we get to go out of here. And Lord, help us to do the same thing. Tell people what great things you have done for us. Lord, you have done some great things in my life. Uh, I mean, I, from, this, from the day I got saved to right now, even before I got saved, I can look back and see the great things you did. Uh, Lord, I just pray now that you'd help us to see that, that our time is short. And Lord, uh, if there is anybody in church today that doesn't know you as their Savior, I pray that you touch their hearts, Lord. And show them their need for a Savior. And for the rest of us, Lord, just help us to redeem the time. Lord, and and Father, we'll give you all the praise and glory. Bless the invitation. We'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, let's stand together and sing hymn number 296 as we close down the service. 296.
what am I to ask beside? Can I doubt His tender mercy, who through life has been my guide? Heavenly peace, divinest comfort, here by faith in Him to dwell.